Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I think good communities feed upon themselves in a very positive way. And so I kind of want to just keep that cycle going and build it up. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Dave Whalen, Rebel 360 by day, bespoke strategy by night. I've been listening to We Are LA Tech pretty much from the beginning. I love the incredible range of guests and how Esprit makes such personal connections with them. I learn about business, LA, and myself with each episode. You can connect with me everywhere at DJ Whalen. That's D-J-W-H-E-L-A-N. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. So by the time you are listening to this, we are in February. What? Yup, we are in February. New month, new year, new choices, new life. I know it feels just insanity. There's just like so much stuff going on around us that feels out of our control. And I know we're all processing this in different ways. Some people are having a really great year and other people are having a devastating year and a devastating time. And I think what's important to remember, what is that? Like let go of the things we cannot control and just do with the things that we can, like our state of mind, our actions. And I know I've been meditating a lot more, really relying on headspace. I've been prioritizing my health in the mornings. I stopped taking morning meetings as much as possible and making sure it's a time to be grounded. I've also been honoring myself to think like around 6 p.m. to kind of start my self-care routine to make sure that I'm being mindful of my body and allowing my brain to have calm. I take time away from social media. There's moments where I don't feel addicted to it at all because I become so aware that I don't want to make the choice to be on a social network. I want to make the choice to be by myself or to read or to be quiet or just to kind of zone out. And so I think architecting the environment around us as much as possible to make sure it's the kind of environment we want to be in, like putting lights up that match. I know having red lights is really calming. I sometimes have these like twilight lights up that, and I I have these candles that my friend gifted me that I light or lighting an incense. Can we architect 
our reality around us, our space around us, even if it's a small space, maybe it's a dorm room, maybe it's just like a really small apartment, maybe, you know, same as our parents' house and we want to just break out of our bedroom, but we can't. But what can we do within whatever space that we have to make it feel more calming, like a more loving environment to thrive in? So no matter what's going on in the world and what challenges arise, we at least are existing in a setting that feels very soothing and calming. I know that was such a like a hippie LA Pisces little personal spot, but I think you get what I mean. Enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, celebrating LA Tech startups and talent. So excited for our next guest. Welcome, Joshua. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, so excited to have you here. So to kick us off, go ahead, share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm Josh Gutman, and I started recently Donut Labs, and I'm trying to, I guess, help more founders start companies from Caltech, which is my alma mater. Okay, so this is actually a really important interview. And the reason is because... Los Angeles, it's one of the most abundant cities with tech talent. But then usually what happens is tech talent then leaves LA and goes somewhere else. And Caltech is one of those resources that just creates just incredible, incredible engineers and developers. And so I really love this interview so we could understand more about what exists, the resources that exist, so that we could continue to have our city grow. So jump into it. Tell us about Donut Labs. Yeah. I mean, even when I was at Caltech, I'd never heard of anyone like starting companies or doing startups. And sure enough, there were a few people, but it just wasn't like, there was no culture around it. There weren't a lot of resources around the university. There's some programs for startups at the university, but they're all geared towards like professors. They're kind of assuming that startups come out of like research labs and you're like, oh, well, once you file your patent, we can help you file your patent and we can help you find like a real entrepreneur to help you run your company. But especially on the undergraduate side and even on the graduate student population, there's like tremendously bright horizontal like problem solvers that can make great companies that can solve interesting problems in the world but they're told like no you have to go be an employee or you have to just go work in a research lab and many of them already weren't doing that and i guess it just seemed crazy to me you know especially looking at my own career the top cohort of students go on and get phd's but 65% of them don't and they think they're like dumb or they're you know they're not capable but they were pre-filtered to be some of the, you know, it's like one of the most selective universities in the country. So even students like me who are towards the bottom are still pretty capable of, you know, solving interesting problems. And why do you think there's such a disconnect between Caltech and what's going on in Los Angeles as a tech city? Part of it is just geography. You know, Pasadena is not the West side where a lot of, I mean, I grew up in Santa Monica, so I kind of, you know, feel that distance a lot. You know, the thought of going out to Pasadena and taking what could be a two-hour drive in the middle of the day is not my first idea. I mean, I used to make that commute at 11 p.m. at night in college and it feels like it's half an hour away. I also think just because it's a small university, it's very insular. So no one's outside trying to go in and like extract, you know, like what's there. So even UCLA and USC, which are obviously great schools, get way more attention because they're huge. Not every student is quite as sharp as the average Caltech student. There's still plenty of bright students, and there's actually probably numerically more of them at those schools. It's just they're huge universities with like lots of different types of talent. And what do you think we could do as a city to fill the gap, to bridge the talent to what's going on? I mean, I guess that's part of what I'm trying to work on is trying 
to just make sure students there know their opportunities because no one's like outside trying to you know, help them learn about those types of things. You know, the, the recruiting efforts that big companies do there are much smaller, you know, and then smaller companies don't recruit there at all. So it feels like the only options are, you know, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon defense contractors or like big tech companies up north. And I just think that's kind of, it's a little bit short-sighted in terms of what's available talent-wise there, but it does take a little bit of knowledge of like how things work there. And there's a little bit of a distrust of like normal institutions, I think, from inside the university. So I'm hoping, you know, my experience as an alum, you know, can come across as authentic and meaningful to the students there and the population there. When did you start Donut Labs? I just started in October of last year. So it's only been going on for a few months. And what can we expect from it? What is it? How do we interact with it? Where does it serve in our lives? My end goal is I want lots of great companies coming out of Caltech and Caltech alums. And that's my goal is to support them. But in the meantime, I think the way to get people interested in starting companies or just even knowledgeable to understand what that means and whether or not like that's the right fit for them personally, you know, trying to get students internships and full-time jobs at startups in the area. And I think that'll work both ways and that'll help develop the talent that can go and start uh, the next great companies in five years. But on the other hand, I think it's a great talent pipeline for a lot of uh, companies here that just, you know, might struggle to hire, you know, especially startups struggle to hire at small universities. How much time are they going to devote to drive all the way out to Pasadena to maybe hire two or three people? What kind of achievements has Donut Labs helped the students create so far? The biggest, I think, gain for students of trying to been trying to help them get internships at startups in the area. You know, some of them just passing you know, local stuff like Idea Lab companies, but just even get a sense of what's available to them. What are other alums from Caltech even doing to see that it's a possibility? I've brought in a few speakers to Caltech to talk to students to kind of go over their own experiences. You know, these are all alums. So their experiences, I think, will hopefully resonate really well with current students. And then I've just been trying to build a little bit more of an alumni network for people who have started companies to kind of interact with each other, interact with students. And I know you're really big on like creating big startup communities. And I kind of am envious of how confidently you can kind of bring that all together. But for me, you know, I still think it's like missing, even if it's not my pure skill set to kind of keep, keep it all together. It's tough. You mentioned Idea Labs. Of course, I know what that is. But just for everybody listening that doesn't know what that is, tell us about Idea Labs. Yeah. So Idea Lab, I guess, is the, I don't think they refer to them themselves as this, but they're like one of the first pure like startup incubators. Bill Gross is a Caltech alum from, I think, the early 80s. And he had an education software company back then that did really well. And he decided he had all the other ideas he wanted to work on and he needed to like hire people to go work on them because he had too many ideas. And that's kind of where the birth of Idea Lab was. And I think they've started over 180 something companies or maybe it's over 200 now, including a lot of successful companies during like the dot-com era. And they have a lot of companies in the energy space. There's one Heliogen that I think is going to be hiring a ton over the next year that's trying to like fuelify hydrogen is my understanding of it. So basically they're going to use solar power to create like hydrogen fuel cells that they can ship, you know, all over. And just like a barrel of oil, they're just going to ship hydrogen. And then the other one that I, I really like is a company called Energy Vault that is trying to make giant batteries where the storage is just by lifting heavy concrete blocks way up in the air. Okay. So there's tons of different types of companies out there. I'm curious, like how does Donut Labs connect with these companies and then unify them as a city and supply them resource? Is that just on your site? Is it via newsletter? Is it a, a group? Or especially in this virtual pandemic era, where is Donut Labs showing up in our lives? So right now it's mostly direct one-on-one outreach with alums and students because it's one of these things that I can actually use virtual in my favor because it's a lot easier to go 
you know, talk to people one-on-one in this environment and there's no like travel time. I don't have to worry about scheduling. I can do a bunch of them back to back to back. So I've spoken so far with about like 70 alums who have started companies in Caltech. Although I'm missing a few, even from the LA area that I haven't been able to get in touch with yet. Then just trying to understand students better. What do they know? What don't they know? What can they do? What do they want to do? And even though I didn't graduate that long ago, 14 years is still enough where there's a very big difference between like thinking you know what like this generation wants and actually talking to them and understanding it better. And what do you see as the future of Donut Labs? I think eventually it'll be a kind of Caltech-focused accelerator for the community and hopefully fund as well. I think there'll be lots of great companies coming out of the ecosystem over time. My goal isn't even to start that stuff this year because I kind of want to prepare the ecosystem, kind of build a stronger community. I think good communities feed upon themselves in a very positive way. And so I kind of want to just keep that cycle going and build it up. And right now you're solopreneuring it or do you have a team? Yeah, it's just me. I mean, no one else is really willing to work for the pay I'm going for right now. So <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you monetize Donut Labs? I think eventually an accelerator can get returns over time that are very real and trying to bring in partners for that to kind of help fund some of the operating expenses. But you know, I've had a very successful career on my own. And I guess this is like a mix of giving back. I do think it's important that it can make money to be sustainable over a long period of time. You know, things that make money get to get the privilege of continuing to exist and things that rely on outside funding are always struggling to continue. You know, it's always on someone else's whim or decision. And when you say accelerator, that means somebody joins and goes through your program. So what does that look like? And is that separate from the resources that they can access in general on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. I mean, the resources I'm definitely trying to make highly available, you know, without any kind of restrictions or available to students. I think this is the accelerator is more geared at like actual companies that, you know, have something figured out they want to work on and it'll be a more structured program to, you know, to help companies get to the point where they're ready for, you know, other outside capital, but this will obviously come with some fundraising on its own. And what were you doing before? Like what inspired Donut Labs and what were you doing before? Are you still doing it now? No, this is the only thing I'm working on now. I mean, I was working at a startup that was kind of remote. I started during COVID. I really appreciate the opportunity they gave me, but you know, it was just not a perfect fit for me. And I spent most of my career in finance doing like algorithmic trading, working with a lot of other Caltech alums actually there. And I kind of, I guess, appreciate working with Caltech alums a lot and kind of the unique environment that creates. But I think in hindsight, Thinking back, even on my own experience, I would have really enjoyed working for a startup or starting my own company, but I wasn't set up to be ready for that, or nor did I even know that it was a possibility. Like I would have even just from a basic definition of the words, not even known what it would mean to be an entrepreneur or to be a startup founder. And if there's one thing that we could do to support you as a community, we have so many people in Los Angeles and people like really passionate about the LA tech culture to help accelerate you forward. What would that one ask be? I would say if you have a desire to give meaningful summer roles and summer internships to really talented Caltech engineers, let me know. I can definitely put you in touch with them and they'll hopefully get really valuable experience as well. Josh, where can people connect with you? Visit my website at donutlabs.org or just reach out to me directly, josh at donutlabs.org. Can you spell it for everybody? Because in the tech world, we all spell things crazy. (laughs) D-O-N-U-T-L-A-B-S.org. Like, I know I asked this earlier on, but I just want to solidify it. Like, if you could have any reality happen a year from now, five years from now, what would Donut Labs look like? I mean, I'm hoping every year there'll be five to 10 meaningful companies coming out of the Caltech ecosystem. And that's both new grads and alums and graduate students that are solving kind of a wider range of problems. They're not all pure software problems, not all pure like science problems. You know, 
lots of problems that people face are not necessarily on a technical level. They're on a behavioral level or kind of a you know needs level. And I want to build an ecosystem of founders that really understand how to get to the heart of people's problems and not just invent solutions in search of a problem. And a question that I love to ask because I'm obsessed with tools. What is your favorite website, software, hardware, mobile app? It could be anything. Lately, I've actually been obsessed with Libby, which is like the uh, like library audiobook app from Overdrive. Uh, I use Audible a ton. And then there were a bunch of books I kind of wanted to try that I wasn't as confident about. I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice to finally use these library apps. And just even the player for their audio is so much better in my mind than the Audible <laughs> player. And the whole interface with like the public library system is amazing. And just glad I found it and kind of a little bit upset I hadn't found it sooner. You know, what else is part of our public library system is Hoopla. Do you know, do you use Hoopla? No, I'm not familiar with Hoopla. What's Hoopla? Oh, you are missing out. So Libby is through Overdrive and Hoopla, I don't know why they're separated. It's like a separate app, same thing. It's like, you should have Overdrive and Hoopla. Hoopla is like Netflix. And so you could just access all the movies and they also have eBooks and audiobooks and everything. So I have both and I just look at both to see what I want. Yeah, that's- But I don't think Overdrive has any movies and this one has movies, TV shows, everything. Books, unfortunately, are my junk food in that sense. I'm not saying everything I read is so highbrow or like <laughs> noble. I just uh, mostly the like live streaming or like audiobooks is, are my two big sources of content. And what is a piece of guidance you've gotten along your professional journey that has really helped you keep on going? And there have been a few different things over the years. I think the thing that I struggled with most early in my professional career is just understanding that people aren't doing things to you. They are sometimes doing things without understanding your context. And they're probably not even thinking about you, to be honest. So it feels like someone's like sliding you or doing something to make your life difficult. There's a good chance they just have no idea that's what they're doing. And to try to be a little more generous with your interpretations of what they're doing and Mm. reach out and just try to talk about your issues. I heard that earlier today somewhere. I was listening to something and it was a good reminder that we are the main character in our own story, but everybody's the main character in their own story. So in other people's stories, we're all supporting actors. We're not the main character. And most times people probably aren't thinking of us. Yeah. yeah. It's like weird that like, oh, I forgive you for being, it's like, it's not, there's something everyone's, you know, a little bit inwardly facing and a little bit selfish in the way they kind of default think about the world. But Uh, it's just good to remind you that that's actually an excuse to be very generous with other people and kind of realize they're not doing anything harmful to you. And I know you mentioned some Idea Lab portfolio companies earlier on in the conversation. Any other or maybe a repeat of one of those companies, an LA tech company that has really impressed you? It could be a person or a company. I mean, there's so many early stage companies. I don't want to just mention like a company I'm an investor in, but I I mean, I I just really like that Idea Lab, like HelioGen there is just trying to solve like you know, parts of the stack of the ecosystem to, you know, have a real clean energy infrastructure, you know, and you realize that means you need fuel that you can transport and fuel that you can store and like all kinds of other problems that I think when people think too broad scale about just like solar energy, they're not getting down to like these tiny details that are really important to make a sustainable ecosystem. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Josh, for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community. Remember, go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group, which you can get to by going to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Josh Gutman. I'm the founder of Donut Labs. 
and I help the Caltech ecosystem create great companies. I'm based in Santa Monica, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freebay. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.